It's Wednesday, the 24th of February. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert, and boy, oh boy, Shano, don't we have a busy show today? Mate, we do have a busy show today. Straight off this, I'm going with my young son, Thomas, who's only five, to buy a pair of footy boots, his first pair of footy boots, um, some X-Blades, and um, he's going to play with Mossman Rugby, so he's very excited. Yeah, I was there the other day getting some X-Blades for my son, size nine and a half at age 11, and they, they tell you what, their feet just grow like a like grass, you put water on it. Today, a huge show. Sean Abbott's on the program, John Stephenson's on the show, and the this wonderful young women's cricketer, Hannah Darlington, as well. Let's get going. Shane, uh, let's just start in Brisbane and the Brisbane Broncos, this great sporting brand in Australia. Kevin Walters has come in as the white knight to try and get it right. They had the wooden spoon last year, which is unthinkable. But now he sacked Corey Parker, one of the most loved sons of Brisbane, as an assistant coach, old teammate of his. Parker's not happy. Uneasy. Yeah, really uneasy and tough to do for, for one of your old teammates. But um, make like any uh, person coming into any role, a head coaching role or even a senior position in, a, in, a, in the corporate world, you bring your own team with you and, uh, and that's what he's done. And um, he has to move aside and uh, they didn't perform last year. So his head was on the block and uh, Walters now is uh, going to try and move forward and, and justify that decision. How did you handle it as captain of New South Wales? Because you had a big part in the decision making of who was was going to be in your cricket team. Yep. What you have to do, it's really, really tough, particularly when you've played with guys for a long time and you've socialised with them and you've, you've shared your, your dreams and your passions with them. It's really, really tough. But what you have to do is say that it's, it's, not, um, it's not personal. Um, you're doing your job and it's for the betterment of the team. It doesn't make it any easier, but that's what you have to do. Yeah, well, a nice segue into the vice-captain of the New South Wales Breakers, only very young, but Hannah Darlington, of course, uh, uh, such a talented player. They're about to travel interstate for an vital game. She was part of the Thunder team that won the title. Hannah, how are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you? You had an awesome start to the, the season, and um, um, how have you found things so far? Yeah, I've loved um, this season. It's been really nice to be able to play some cricket, I think. The beginning of the year, we're unsure if COVID was going to let us do that. So um, it's been a really nice season to be able to get under our belts. And yeah, some added success has made it um, really enjoyable. Look, uh, my wife took our kids. I was busy that night. I wished I could have been there at the beautiful North Sydney Oval when the Thunder won the women's big bash. And the women's game has just grown exponentially. The things that uh, you and your team and your opposition do just wonderful and, and and it really is authentic cricket if I can use that word. What what do you remember of that night? I remember a lot actually. It was pretty surreal to be able to head back to North Sydney after winning the semi final the way we did and we did come in as underdogs, I think, um looking at the, the Melbourne Stars lineup and they finished um top of the table. We just snuck snuck into the semis. So there was many things going against us but we turned up and we played the best game of cricket the whole season. Um, and that's how you want your, your tournament to go is you want your last game to be your best. And we were able to do that. And to have a home crowd, family in the crowd um, and be able to celebrate with them afterwards just made it um, an amazing night all around. Yeah, very special, Hannah. And um, look, 17 wickets at 13.68. And you seem to be bowling at the, at the death a lot. Is that something you've really worked on um, leading up to this season? Yeah, I got a little bit of a taste of being able to do that um, the year before. A couple of opportunities arose to be able to take the last over and, and kind of learn from that experience. And then this year, we obviously lost Renee Farrell, who's one of the best in the world at, mm. at that death overs. So um, I took it upon myself along with the, the trust Rachel Haynes had in me to 
to kind of lead the way with the ball at the death. And it's something I really enjoy because the batters are going at you no matter what. So yeah. um, it's the the pressure point of the competition. And yeah, it's probably something I really enjoy at the moment. Well, Thursday, it's a very important game in Hobart, Bloodstone Arena against Tasmania. And and the break is your team, your vice-captain. You find yourselves in a peculiar position because last 24 years you've made the finals. This year, you've got to fight hard for it after those two losses to Victoria. Yeah, it's it's plain facts. We've got to win every game from now on. But um, looking at the squad we have and, and some of the games we have coming up, we have full belief that that's capable. Um, yeah, we, we're going down there with the mindset of coming away with a win and yeah, I think our squad's really primed to do that. And no matter if we lost those two games against Victoria, we still played good cricket. So um, they were just a really good side on the day. Hannah, I've got two young daughters, uh, Zara and Abby, they're 12 and, and 10. What, what advice would you give to a young girl coming through now who loves sport? Yeah, I think the biggest thing um, is play as many as you want and and really believe that there's a career in it because yeah. I was that kid a couple of years ago um, who wasn't sure if there was a career in cricket for me, but I had people like Elise Perry and Meg Lanning at the time really, um, you know, making way in the world for female mm. cricket. Um, and there's plenty of other female athletes in every other sport proving the way. So um, it's possible and it's possible at any age. And you're still very young, Hannah, and uh, you'd, you are already a real trailblazer. Bowl a heavy ball, Shane just went through the stats before, and, and, and vice-captain of, of your state team. And if and when you do play for Australia, you'd be the third Indigenous player to represent their country in, in the women's game. Yeah, I think that's um, something that's been in the back of my mind since the, the call of, I was going to be in the Australian squad, I think. If that day does come that I, I make my debut, whether it's on this tour or hopefully in a future one, um, I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity to kind of continue that um, growth we're making in Indigenous cricket to be that third female and and follow after Faith and Ash who have done amazing things in the female game. So, yeah, it's, it's a real, um, I guess, exciting thing that that could happen. Um, Hannah, I, I read that you uh, were first noticed by hitting a cricket ball into a teacher's head. Did You didn't like school that much or it was a good shot? No, I loved school and <laughs> it was either detention or cricket and I was not going to detention, so it was cricket for sure. Um, yeah, but a bit of an odd circumstance. <laughs> I always I always love talking to a fellow Westie. There's something about the western suburbs of Sydney, isn't there? Yeah, I, I love that I've grown up in Penrith, um, went to Westfield Sports High, which is a true um, – I guess, representation of Western Sydney. And, um, yeah, I've loved every minute of it. And, yeah, I think there is something different out here. Well, Hannah, good luck with everything. You're, uh, you're definitely on the up and, and, and keep going well. And, uh, and make sure you keep bowling at the death because I, I think you're doing a really, really good job there. And that's always a very, very important position, particularly in any representative team. So keep doing, doing what you're doing and uh, onwards and upwards, hopefully. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, well, he was picked in the Australian squad to tour South Africa. Of course, it's been cancelled, but he's hot property at the moment, Sean Abbott. Afternoon Sport, and it's uh, an absolute delight to have the company of a cricketer of enormous ability on the line. Sean Abbott, how are you? Thanks, Tim. How are you, mate? Very good. Sean, Shane Lee here, mate. I, um, I must say, mate, I got in trouble on the weekend. I was upstairs watching the TV, and you were smacking sixes everywhere, and I was screaming at the telly, cheering. My wife said, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> anyway, she doesn't really know much about cricket, so I couldn't explain it. Well done, mate. You're on fire. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um we sort of backed into a corner there towards the back end of that shield game, um, sort of caught between scoring runs or batting time. So it was nice that that sort of 
you know, managed to hit a couple out of the ground and we had something to bowl at. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we were, we were beaten pretty heavily and had a had an extra day off. Well, it was always there, wasn't it, the batting, Sean, for you and, and this uh, potential to be a full-blown all-rounder. It's this season that it's really crystallised, hasn't it, with a few 50s in the century. And then, as Shane mentioned, that 73, that although you guys lost the match, you, you kept the side in it. Yeah, um, like it's probably been, um, you know, we played on some fairly flat wickets down in um, down in Adelaide, but, um, you know, was sort of blessed with the times that I went out to bat. The lads in front of me had, had been batting for quite a while um, and I sort of went out and got to face some, some tired attacks on flat wickets. But, you know, the most pleasing knock was um, obviously the other the other day was lots of fun, but we, we didn't get across the line in the end. But the one against... Um, Queensland, it was only 18 runs, but, you know, we ended up getting home in the end in the, what turned out to be a, a, a pretty good uh, four-day fixture. Sure. It's really interesting, mate. It's bloody tough being all around it. People don't really understand because on one one hand, your, your bowling can be going well and your batting's not quite clicking and, and vice versa. And and Greg Matthews asked me years ago, he said said to me, he said, do I consider myself a batting or a bowling all-rounder? And I didn't really know the answer. I said, well, it depends on the wicket. But he said, what, what do you dream of at night? Do you dream about hitting the winning runs? Or do you dream about um, taking the last wicket? Well, what do you dream about? Um, well, that's a good question, Shane. I yeah. mean, it's it's. You know, I've always, you know, I came into the New South Wales team batting at seven, and you know, I was probably a bit frightened off by the the oppositions that I came across, and and probably shied away from the contests at times. And um, I've had the opportunity plenty of times, obviously through playing Big Bash, is probably the most noble one you're playing in front of lots of people and, you know, getting slogged around a bit, but bowling at the end there, um, you know, bowling super overs and, and winning matches for the Sixers is obviously quite uh, fulfilling as well. But, um, man, it was, um, I can't lie to you, it was, it was bloody unbelievable raising the bat for 100 down in, uh, <laughs> on, down in Adelaide, especially that that game as well. That was ridiculous. We, 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 ended, we got rolled for 60 or something in the first innings and ended up winning. But, um, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I probably probably need to keep scoring runs to you know really call myself an all rounder. But um, you know, it's nice batting up at seven. Always involved in the game, which, which mm-hmm. is nice. You're 28. You've got plenty of time to do it. And uh, obviously, you've been honing your craft for a long time because you debuted as a, as a teenager. And, and that's the one thing that you've really been looking for in your bowling, hasn't it? Has been that level of consistency because you've always been able to do uh, and bowl virtually every ball. Yeah, I mean, it's if you if you look at my stats, they probably don't. Um, read too well, you know, average over 30 with the ball and, you know, just gone up over 20 with the bat. But the last couple of seasons have, you know, been working really hard to get that trending in the right way. And, and now I'm sort of starting to to see that happen. Um, but yeah, really enjoying like being involved for much longer in the match, you know, being out there and playing a huge role with the ball for the Blues is, is great. But, you know, batting at seven and, and wanting to bat higher, hopefully if it's if it um, the balance of the team works and being involved in the match um, even more. Have you found uh, being involved in and around the Australian team, mate? That must have been a, a real buzz for yourself. Yeah, this summer was you know hectic for a number of reasons, but um, you know England, uh, India fired back with some bloody good cricket yeah. on our home turf, and you know to have uh, Will Kofsky hurt his shoulder and I fielded for that last session um, against India at the SCJ on day five. Um, and that was an, an amazing experience. But I bloody spilled the catch um, off uh, <laughs> Camo when he bowled that one to Ashwin. So I was a bit down after that. But, um, you know, the, the results weren't great, obviously. You know, we lost the Fortress, that's the Gabra, and mm. I lost a home series against India. 
Um, but I can I can assure everyone that you know the the team took that quite heavily, and that I think that's going to hold us in good stead and um, end up being uh, a great thing for the team uh, moving forward. How do you how do you break up your training week? Because um, when when I was playing, there was only Test cricket and one day cricket. Now you've got the three formats of the game, and as an all rounder, so you've got six different disciplines really, haven't you? You've got different techniques theoretically for each um you know how do you bowl in 2020 how do you bowl in one day cricket how do you bowl in test cricket and batting as well how do you break your week up mate it must must be that must be really really tough i reckon people wouldn't understand the pressure on all-rounders yeah it's it's a balance that you're trying to it's forever changing i suppose like it changes week to week like i thought Mm. that after being um you know away for a while I'd, i'd sort of opt for a bit more family time before our first one day back mm-hmm. for New South Wales and then the day before I was like oh no I've, I've, I think I've come into this a bit underdone um, mm-hmm. I probably could have had one more bowling session just to get the the body right but um, well not body right but you know you could just get a couple more reps and get the yep. get feeling nice but um, I think at 28 now mate I've been I've been playing most games for New South Wales for a long time now that you sort of get to the point where you feel like you've had enough reps in the bank and then everything else is just sort of yeah, you're almost sort of visualizing or like bowling's a lot of with bowling's just feel right. So yeah, big time. Uh, you you think about feeling what a bowl a uh, yorker feels like, or you think mm. about how you want a slow ball to come out of the hand, or you visualize a batter's front foot defense, and then you, you sort of feel what that feels like. And um, I'm I'm probably you know uh, so some people can complicate things a lot. I like to try and keep things simple and. You know, as long as I'm not, my head's not falling over when I'm batting, I'm, I'm usually in a pretty good place and I'm letting the ball come. I'm usually in a pretty good place. So um, I don't really, I'm not the type of guy that needs a heap of hitting before a game. Um, and it's probably helped me you know, just, with, you know, trying to get all the fielding done, all the bowling done, all the gym work done, um, all the batting done. Like it, it can be tough sometimes. There are some very big highs, of course. And uh, look, I took the kids to the Sydney Cricket Ground and you guys have had the, you know, you were talented enough to play there and you continue to play there. I was only sort of getting peanuts in the shell or sugar coated as a boy and have supported it and covered it and lucky enough to be an ambassador out there now. But (laughs) what a night that was as a spectator. And I could only imagine what it was like to win, Sean, because it was a real normal feeling again. Back at the SCG, you guys had roamed the country as as the Sixers and got back there and got the job done and the party went well into the night down at the Harbour Bridge. Yeah, I've said it a couple of times now, I sort of felt like uh, we we came flying in on the back of the coattails of the, the work that everyone else, the hard work that everyone else had done throughout the season. Um, the lads kept a, you know, such a good environment um, and such a good feeling amongst the group. And yeah, again, this is that's just an environment that I'm grateful to be a part of. Um, such a close group of mates. It's been mentioned a few times now um, in the media, but that was one of the most, um, that crowd was unbelievable. They were so um, engaged and, um, you know, not just, you know, uh, cheering or, or getting around us every ball, but they, they seemed just very knowledgeable. And um, that, was, that was probably the first time that I've ever felt like we've had a, a real proper home ground advantage. They made it tough for the Scorchers and, a silky made mention um, when he was out in the far side fielding. Um, the crowd were the, it felt like everyone in the ground was chanting his name out at deep mid wicket, and he said that that's something that he'll never forget. Um, and it was an unbelievable night just to have. I know what it meant uh, for my family to be there, um, not only watching me play cricket and just to see me after the game um, after so long, but you know just to be 
back feeling normal and, and watching live sport. They're absolute sports fanatics, so I know what that meant for them. Mate, you're a superstar, mate. I'm going to be watching very closely, mate. And I'll, my only advice to you is just do what you're doing with your bowling and your batting. Don't ever change the way you bat depending on where you're batting in the batting order, mate. To, just go out there and do what you do and you're doing it really well and, and keep that uh, mind clear, like you said, mate. And good luck, eh? Thanks very much, Shane. I'll, I'll take that on board, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on the show. I know disappointed that the South African tour wasn't on, but that pot of gold with the ashes at the end of the year. Sean, take care, mate, and uh, a real treat to have you on Afternoon Sport. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Shane. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, oh, he's getting ready for the Bathurst 500. He's our man, John Stephenson. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com Well, we love it. We love it twice a week, every single week on Afternoon Sport. His name is John Stephenson. He's won more medals than any man in his own house. John, how are you? Yes, Timmy and Shane. How are you guys? How are you, mate? You, you eating something there, John? I was. I was. Before you say anything, John, sounds to me I've got a funny feeling you've got about 150 grams of lasagna, 400 grams of chicken. Because, <laughs> of course, you're driving at the Bathurst 500 this weekend, are you? You're, weekend, you're eh? despicable. You know what, for our listeners, I get quizzed by Tim because I'm, I'm, I'm rushing and chewing my food to, try, to make sure <laughs> I can, you know, get on this podcast. And, and my man is now hammering me for, you know, my body's my temple and I'm fueling the machine, Tim. Yeah, now talk about fueling the machine, mate. You're looking forward to Bathurst on the, on, on the weekend? Yes. I cannot wait for Bathurst because it's the start of the V8 supercar season. Mm. And what a way to start it back at Mount Panorama, having those roaring V8s as well as the Super 2 category, the Toyota 86s, the Aussie racing cars, which I'll be racing in, and also the new TA2 series, which, uh, which is an awesome new sort of NASCAR stock car sort of mm-hmm. looking series. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful time of the year because that means FF1's rolling around soon. And it's just, it's just, it's just nice. I, I completely love the V8s. Um, I think motorsport around the world has done a great job in trying to avoid the mess that COVID has provided in Central, putting on events. And and this for the first time, they're going to have crowds, a huge number of crowds. They did have crowds last year towards the end, but it was quite controlled. But for the first time, they're actually going to have, you know, a, a decent crowd and camping grounds are open. And I'm actually taking a camper van up there, boys. Um, let's go. Motorhomes gave me a camper van uh, and I'll be documenting <laughs> documenting my my drive up there. So I'm, I'm like the Griswolds, man. It's going to be yeah. Who's going to put it up? Epic. No, what do you mean? It it, this thing is, this, you see this thing, it's completely cocked. It's got everything, man. Like it's just, it's something Kanye West will roll around in. I'm telling you, it's pimp. Yeah, but who's going to put the black curtains up on the windows when you sleep until 11.30 when the sun comes up in the Great West? <laughs> you know what? I got the timetable that came out and one of the races at 7.30, I always said oh. to the night, you know, I would have to miss a... <laughs> oh, but no, no, it, it should be sweet. As you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward. I, I've been doing a lot of practicing... Um, in the car as well as on the sim. I actually was just on the sim before trying to uh, make sure that I can uh, hit all my marks at Bathurst. But, yeah, you guys know I'm a mad rev head, love my motorsport, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting my bum back in the seat. Fantastic. Mate. Who, who, who are you tipping for the uh, for the big race, the V8s up there? Uh, I'm, I want to give you guys a tip. I, I think there's been a lot of changes throughout the year, and as as, as, as great as DJR, and they were for, they were formerly known as DJR Team Penske. Penske have left mm-hmm. um, the affiliation with with Dick Johnson Racing. Um, they were very very hard to beat, 
as well as Triple Eight Racing, spearheaded by Roland Dane, the team principal, and obviously Jamie Wincup and Shane Van Gisbergen, two absolutely phenomenal drivers. Shane won Bathurst last year. I think Shane wins again this year. I don't think their car will be too out of the window from where they left off last year. I think Cam Waters will be hot on his heels. Um, And I say those two guys because they had the least disruption compared to all the other teams. You know, Dave Reynolds left Erebus, went to Kelly Grove Racing. Kelly Grove Racing still getting their engines together. There's the first time they moved to Mustangs last year. Um, you got the rookies in Erebus now with Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. Um, And then, you know, I, I think, uh, Andretti Racing, uh, Walkinshaw Andretti Racing will be good with Mostert and um, young Bryce Forward. I think they'll be quite strong uh, following their success from last year and how they went last year. I've heard their cars are pretty quick. Uh, and But I won't discount Dick Johnson Racing with Anton Di Pasquale and obviously Will Davison, who is a championship mm. winner. Um, and so it, it, this, there's a lot of question marks on a lot of the teams, but I put my money um, that Shane Van Gisbergen won, a tri- won uh, one of the big races in, in New Zealand um, just about three Three weeks ago and, and absolutely came from last all the way to first so I think he's in great form he was great in the E-Series last year um, so my pick is Shane to win uh, win this round and to win also the season I think I, win, I think he'll be the Supercars champion of 2021 I mean, and how, how important is, is Bathurst to the motor industry in this country it's something it's, it's part of our like you know you have the Grey FL Grand Final yeah, you have yep. the Sydney to Hobart and, you know, most people know Bathurst. They understand yeah, yeah. that's the biggest motor race in Australia, right? Um, you know, you got the Melbourne Cup. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they're, they're, Bathurst is as big as those races, but its history is as rich as those races. When you really that's look right. back um, for motorsport in this country, it's got a rich history. And all roads, excuse the pun, lead to Bathurst. And I did the 12-hour last year, the Bathurst 12-hour, mm. which involves all the international drivers from around the world. Everybody talks about Bathurst around the world. It's such a unique circuit because it's, yes, the circuit yeah. is there throughout the year, but it's a street. You know, it's a, mm. it's a street up a mountain. It's crazy. And they talk about it all around the world. So it's great that we have that track in our country. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's great that we've got crowds back. Now, in all seriousness, I want to get quite serious here. Um, do you reckon if you had your Tito style Jackson, Jermaine Jackson hairdo, that you'd be able to get the helmet on? <laughs> you know, when you you were, when you had yeah. the fro going and you won the 2006 Commonwealth Games gold medal? Your sarcasm and that cheap form of wit you've just given me is actually I'm a problem. serious. No, 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 no. That's serious. actually a problem for me. That's, this is actually going to be a problem. A, B, C. Sorry, go. Look, go. No, no, this is a problem. Like, I, you know, I've been mm. doing a lot of work on my hair lately, and I'm getting a cut. Yeah. I'm getting a fresh cut Thursday morning because I'm driving mm. on Thursday. But I'm more worried about. I got the fresh perm. I got this fresh new, and I don't know how it's going to style out the helmet. But look, that's the least of my worries up there about this because uh, I, I, I'm fully focused on making sure that um that I'm out there trying to beat everybody. Well, tell us what it's like. <laughs> what was it like getting ready and doing it all that thing and, and putting? Look, I've gone a couple of times, and I've mentioned this to Shane and you in the past that. Today show they chucked me in with Marcus Ambrose. I think I did something with one of the Kardashian sons uh, out here in, in a drag, and I could barely get in the car over a hundred kilos. Well, what's it like? It's nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like I said, you 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 grow up having you know motorsport running through your veins. You have the love cars, and you're completely infatuated by them, or you just appreciate them for getting you from A to B. Uh, mm. I've never thought about it, Tim. 
it's funny you ask that question. I never, I don't even look at the speed I'm doing. Uh, um, you're so focused on hitting your marks and breaking the right area and taking the right line and, and looking out for your competitors and making sure that you're driving safely. I'm not endangering anybody else at you. By the time you finish, you know, you don't think I do. I will tell you something. The first time I jumped in the car last week at Eastern Creek and you have like 20 minute sessions to do testing and make adjustments to the car. And I came back from the first session and I, I promise you, I hopped up the car and I was on my haunches on my knees blowing like a racehorse. I was so fatigued and I said, shit, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through going to Bathurst. So um, it is, it's quite fatiguing because you're focusing so hard on not trying to make a mistake that you don't really see the danger of what you're doing. Um, and so you just hope that if you do all the right things, uh, you'll end up safe and you'll be able to bring the car back in one piece. Well, Johnny, as you know, mate, I'm not a big uh, race car um I don't, I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but I'll be, I'm going to be looking for a, uh, a camper van coming down the outside and take the checker flag, mate. So good luck, buddy. Here he comes, Stephenson in the camper van, in the camper van. There's black curtains down the windows. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, he's won it. <laughs> Stephenson. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you to Sean Abbott, John Stephenson and Hannah Darlington. Thank you also, Shano, to our wonderful sponsors. Yes, www.spartansportshq.com. And I know you're off to get Tom some footy boots, so mm. enjoy that. And, of course, a big thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.